Hello and welcome back to We Gather Here. I'm your host, Delia. So, as you all know, this is the month of April 2022. Uh, so, I decided actually today that I wanted to do an episode on Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Since nationally, Sexual Assault Awareness Month is honored here in the U.S. and uh, and other countries as well. But I figure since I'm going to be dropping this episode and, you know, I'm doing this um podcast to provide a safe space for survivors uh, where we talk about sexual assault, domestic violence, and human trafficking. Why not discuss SAP or SAM, right? In the military, we call it SAPM, uh, but it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month, right? And all of the details that come with it, right? So the purpose of Sexual Assault Awareness Month, it is an annual campaign to elevate education, prevention, awareness, uh, support for survivors of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and sexual abuse. So SAM originally uh, started in 2001. So this year we celebrate the 21st anniversary of SAM and um, and all of the great things that it has brought to light and for survivors and all, right? However, before 2001, advocates across the world, around the world, have held events have done marches, um, advocated, have, have had um, observances related to sexual violence during the month of April. Um, but back in the day, it was like a week long. It was called Sexual Assault Awareness Week. Um, however, now as we all know it, it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month, right? But this long, long started, but way before then, right? So in the 1940s and 1950s, uh, this movement essentially began, like got its traction during the civil rights era uh, by women of color, including, of course, including the civil rights icon Rosa Parks, right? So Rosa Parks advocated for justices for survivors of sexual assault um, and worked with the NAACP uh, investigating cases of rape of black women. So of course, absolutely, you know, owe to um, the civil rights icon Rosa Parks for beginning this process for all of us. And now that, you know, all survivors and supporters of survivors um, now have this phenomenal movement um, to end sexual violence, right? So uh, it was a, it's definitely uh, necessary and a great um, icon to have who have supported and initially advocated uh, for survivors long before she probably knew, you know, what it would turn into today. Um, so a little bit more backstory. In 1971, the Bay Area Women um, Against Rape opened as the nation's first rape, rape crisis center, uh, offering immediate victim services. Uh, and the same year in New York, uh, the New York Radical Feminists held the first ever Speak Out uh, on Rape event with around 300, I believe, women in attendance. Um, a couple of years later, in 1975, state coalitions began to form, uh, starting with the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape. Uh, uh, the following the next year, in 1976, there were over 400 rape crisis center offering um, victim services and activities in at the local level throughout our nation. That is just what three or four years later, it went from having one rape crisis center to having 400. And now we have national services, we have national rape crisis center. 
Um, we have international rape crisis centers and just everywhere. So, um, and it's just not just rape crisis centers. Like we have family uh, crisis centers. We have all types of counseling and all of these advocacies uh, are advocate of resources for survivors and their families and then for supporters as well. Uh, and then in 1978, the first ever Take Back the Night event uh, occurred in San Francisco. There were about 5,000 people in attendance. That's amazing. It's an amazing number, right? Uh, but I'll talk a little bit more about some of the SAM events that we have that most people or most organizations throughout the world um, honor and observe during April. Um, and then in 1993, the Violence Against Women Act uh, was passed, right? It's the bill um, that was, it was the first national bill law requiring law enforcement to treat gender violence as a crime rather than a private family matter. So the VAWA was also designed to strengthen like legal services and protections for victims and their families um, when it, in regards to sexual um, violence, in regards to domestic violence, um, and expanded services, again, to survivors and families. Uh, finally, it had the legal right to the protections and services that they needed as well. Uh, in 2011, the this program, the government funding for this program doubled, right, again, to further combat sexual violence. In 2009, the newly launched National Sexual Violence Resource Center and the Resources Sharing Projects hold uh, sexual violence coalitions and to kind of get a feel for like what they want the symbol to be in the color essentially uh resulting in the the, the symbol uh the, the ribbon the teal ribbon that we have now um uh, as a as a sign for support uh for sapum or sam sorry <laughs> for sam uh creating what we now know as SAM, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. In the military, I, it's SAPM, Sexual Assault Awareness Prevention Month. So you'll kind of hear me slip up and say uh, SAPM, but it's SAM nationally and it's SAPM for the military. But anyway, uh, in 2009, uh, Barack Obama was the first ever president to proclaim April as Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So wonderful things in our history there's so much there are many many more other acts and bills and, and other events that have occurred uh to get us to where we are and sam but these are just a couple of ones that i wanted to highlight i thought you know they were they, they had a huge symbolism uh for where we are here um now and for sam right so earlier I talked about Take Back the Night, but so I'm gonna go over a couple events that are honored and observed during April. Uh, the first being Denim Day, All right? So Denim Day is the longest running sexual violence uh, prevention and education campaign in history, okay? Uh, it's a campaign honored in April um, in support of Sexual Assault Awareness Month where we practice solidarity and support for survivors. So all of this started, right? Uh, Denim Day, um, the, the kind of the origin of it started in 1992, where there was an 18-year-old girl and a 45-year-old man, uh, where a 45-year-old man raped this 18-year-old girl. So she was, um, well, he was a driver's instructor. She was trying to get her license, her permit uh, to drive. And he took her to this, like, you know, isolated road alley uh, and raped her. So he was um, 
convicted. He was, oh, he was arrested, convicted, and sentenced to jail. A couple years later, he appealed the conviction saying that the sex was consensual. Um, and um, after the Italian uh, Supreme Court, uh, like, you know, opened, opened it back up, the, the case and uh, opened it back up, they essentially overruled the conviction, the rape conviction, uh, because the justices felt that the victim was wearing tight jeans. Therefore, she must have helped her, uh, she must have helped the man take off her jeans, implying consent, right? So um, her jeans were so tight, uh, so she had to help him take off her jeans, uh, therefore consenting to the sex. So that was their theory as to why this wasn't a rape. Uh, because her jeans were too tight, right? So uh, the next day, the women that worked in the Italian parliament uh, came to work in jeans in solidarity with the victim. Uh, so th what this does, right, or what this did, you know, and I, I don't know if the women in the parliament, in the Italian parliament realized what this did, but this started a movement, right? So it was to bring awareness to victim blaming and to deconstruct a lot of myths surrounding sexual violence, right? So for those of you who don't really know or, you know, are unfamiliar kind of what victim blaming is, right? So it's, hey, you know, you know, Delia, I go report my sexual assault to law enforcement, to, you know, someone I trust, whether that be a spouse, a friend, a teacher, or a parent or whomever, right? And, you know, them telling or asking me like, well, why were you wearing, you know, that skirt? Well, why were you drinking that much alcohol? Or why were you with those people, right? So... Victim blaming is it was a huge prominent thing, even in the military back in the day, right? So we transformed or we changed our point of view from, you know, and not just the military, but like law enforcement and things like that. Uh, we changed our point of view from it being victim blaming to let's focus on the on the perpetrator or alleged perpetrators and you know signs and and, and you know to bring more awareness to like grooming behaviors and predatory behaviors and things like that, right? So that is what these women were trying to do in the Italian parliament was bring awareness to victim blaming. So because she had tight jeans on, therefore, um, it couldn't have been raped. That makes no sense, right? Um, but also to deconstruct myths, you know, surrounding uh, sexual violence, like, uh, you know, marital rape or uh, date rape and things like that, right? So because they had had sex before, and this isn't has nothing to do with, you know, Denim Day, but this is as an example, right? So because they had, you know, intercourse before, you know, a couple weeks ago, day ago, earlier that day, therefore, you know, she, that person, that you know, that person, whether male or female, was okay with having sex the next day, right? Or, you know, later on, you know, therefore giving consent. So trying to deconstruct myths when it comes to sexual violence, right? Um, because I... Because I say yes to sex in the morning doesn't necessarily mean I want sex later on, right? You still have to obtain consent and maintain consent, right? So again, right, uh, understanding that that is what Denim Day is about, right? It's about bringing awareness to um, victim blaming and deconstructing uh, deconstructive myths uh, of sexual violence, right? So Denim Day is celebrated or honored, not celebrated, is honored um, the third Wednesday, um, every April, April, every year. So this year it's a Wednesday, 27, April, 2022, uh, where you wear denim and support, um, and solidarity of survivors of sexual assault.
okay? Uh, so the next one is Take Back the Night, right? So I mentioned it earlier um, in 2000, um, oh my goodness, which one? And 2000, oh, I'm sorry, 1978, uh, the first ever uh, Take Back the Night was uh, hosted or was organized in San Francisco. They had like 5,000 attendees. Uh, but originally it began in the 1960s in Belgium and in England uh, where people essentially were protesting about females not feeling safe walking home or walking, you know, out at night uh, alone. Okay, so... The intent is to focus on basic rights, you know, for people, you know, initially we started for women, but I'm going to say people in general, right? Because it's not just women who get raped or assaulted, right? Are we, there's a ton, a ton, a ton of male survivors as well. But when it originated, it was for women uh, focusing on their basic rights to be able to walk home or walk wherever in the middle of the night without fear of being raped or harassed or otherwise harmed. Um, and then throughout the years, um, cities, campuses, schools, businesses, the military, we have all participated in this event in order to recognize and commit to the end of sexual violence for all people. Um, so take back the night. I actually held one a couple of years ago for one of my units. It turned out really, really well. But again, it was to raise that awareness, right, that, you know, that anyone can walk a home or wherever at night um, and not have to have that fear of, you know, being harmed in any way. Uh, the next one that's also honored during the month of April is Walk a Mile in Her Shoes, right? I like to change it up and say Walk a Mile in Their Shoes, right? But essentially it started as Walk a Mile in Her Shoes uh, in 2001 is kind of where it all started, uh, where men would, men around the world would literally wear female high heel shoes or female shoes and walk a mile in those shoes, right, um, to actively confront gender stereotypes and expectations uh, with, the, with the idea and the concept that you can't understand uh, what another person has gone through or what they're going through until you walk a mile in their shoes, right? Um, so this right here was to focus on, on you know, sexualized violence, uh, devalue, which, you know, sexualized violence devalues women, uh, feminine practices, feminine ways, um, like how we think, how we feel, how we act, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then also like devalues feminine energy, which I'm all about, right? It's part of my spiritual awakening right now. Um, but yeah, so essentially it's uh, men supporting women, you know, and walking a mile, literally in her shoes, whoever those shoes are. And I've seen men walk in high heels in wedges and you know flats like it's it's a remarkable thing to see um when you know we have our our male you know counterparts our, our male partners friends whomever um when you see them consolidate to support uh women through you know and to end sexual violence right it's not just women like i said before it's not just women we have there are a ton of male survivors out there as well um but also with the uh, Walk a Mile in Her Shoes, the International Men's March to Stop Rape, Sexual Assault, and Gender Violence, right? And so it's not, again, it's not just for, you know, women, but it's also for, you know, other people, um, you know, no matter what the gender is, you know, to stop or to at least bring awareness and prevention and education, 
you know, uh, to ending sexual violence. All right. A couple other events that a lot of businesses and organizations in the military like we do, uh, we do a lot of educational um, events as well. So I know some like uh, we'll teach things about consent, about boundaries, uh, healthy relationships, self-care, uh, self-defense and things like that. So those are some of the other like events I can think of off the top of my head. Um, also, events that occur throughout April um, are like some businesses and organizations and even the military will have like survivors who uh, speak about their their experience, their journey, resources and things like that, right? Um, mainly because oftentimes when I hear from my survivors is they often feel alone. And I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it time and time again that survivors often feel alone. Even their family members feel like they're alone, right? So at least having a name or a face to um, to, to, to connect with, you know, I often feel that survivors feel a lot more comfortable in that sense. Again, this is why, you know, we're doing, well, we're, while we're here at, we gather here, right? So that no survivor, no survivor, um, no family member, um, feels like they're alone in this process because you're not, you're absolutely not. And the more we talk about it, the more we talk about resources and advocacy and, and education and prevention and awareness, the more we elevate that conversation, um, not just, you know, in a room somewhere with a counselor, but with all of us, right, that we can start raising these topics and these conversations, not just with our partners or with, you know, a survivor, but with our children, right, to make this um, more common conversation. Um, so when we talk about sex and, you know, and, and intercourse and consent and boundaries and things like that and grooming and predatory behaviors and, you know, what is domestic violence and what is human trafficking and things like that, that it isn't a, a taboo conversation to talk about. It isn't strange, you know, it may be challenging to talk about for sure, but, you know, at least we have that conversation. At least we're making each other aware and we're raising that conversation, right? So anyway right another thing that uh that most you'll see most during uh sam are organizations like rain uh like the um national sexual um what is it called uh the national sexual violence center like they'll have speakers that go out and talk to organizations you'll have counselors clinicians law enforcement personnel who will go out and talk to uh, the masses, right, to educate them, you know, and bring, you know, kind of, again, start that conversation. Like, it isn't, um, you're not alone, for one, but two, like, there are resources that are out there in the event that someone is suffering in silence, okay? Um, so a couple of things that I wanted to hit on as well, um, talking about resources, right, when it comes to, um, to services for survivors and family members and supporters, right? So a lot of places and every location varies, right? Depending on, you know, where you're at and things like that. And I will, there will definitely be more episodes that I have. I've already started working on some uh, that have um, resources in certain cities, right? Both for male, female or men, women and children, right? Ranging from sexual harassment all the way to, human trafficking, you know, domestic abuse and all the different types of domestic abuse and sexual assault from men, women and children, right? So, um, you know, as we as we journey through, you know, this podcast together, you'll see some of those resources um, that, you know, in, in an episode as well. But 
Uh, a lot of services are confidential, right? Which is phenomenal because it, this is a very sensitive and vulnerable time that survivors go through. So a lot of um, services are confidential, which is great. Like even me as a SARC, I have confidentiality, you know, with my survivors. Um, and for us, 100%, like I have to make sure I abide by that confidentiality, right? Uh, which I want to anyway, but it, there's a, a rule and all these things. So anyway, um, a lot of places will provide advocacy, you know, when it comes to like counseling um, and those kind of like therapy kind of resources and services. A lot of uh, services will provide or a lot of organizations will provide legal services that will provide housing, especially for if you're like an immediate danger um there are also like educational services prevention services um and they'll kind of like link you up with other resources which is kind of what i do in the military right so if i have a survivor that comes to me um we'll talk about you know if they feel comfortable we'll talk about that situation um and then i try to like link them up with the right services to include also medical services as well right um because i am not a counselor uh, I am essentially that liaison to get that that individual the support, and that's what a lot of these organizations do. Uh, they'll get there's just they're they they are the liaison to get those survivors and those survivors' family members support. Um, so one of the national um, resources for uh, rape abuse um, and incest is Rain. Right, so I will have a lot of this information in the show notes. Right. But um, they have like the National Sexual Assault uh, Hotline, which is manned 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, or you can get in touch with like a local uh, Christ, rape crisis center as well. Um, like I said, there'll be some couple episodes that have coming up for cities and states and stuff like that that have your um, contacts for those rape crisis centers and, or family, care, family crisis centers and things like that, shelters and stuff. Uh, Rain also has an online chat service. Right. If you're in the military, the the DOD um, safe helpline is also one eight hundred number, but it's it is man twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, you can also find uh, rape crisis centers and sexual assault programs by searching Reliance R A L I A N C E. It's like a directory for all programs in like in the U S. Right. So uh, you can check out Reliance and they have like a directory. So it's awesome. Um, and then lastly, the National Sexual Violence Center as well. It has a ton of information uh, for not just sexual violence, uh, you know, like sexual assault, sexual uh, harassment, but for domestic violence and human trafficking, how to get connected, how to donate, how to volunteer, resources, um, and uh, like events and things like that. So those resources are phenomenal. They're more national, which is why you know, I'm, I'm discussing them now. Uh, but if you go to Reliance, um, or you just look up, like search like your city, maybe even your state, and you look for like Rape Crisis Center, and I'm sure a ton will pop up. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to come on here and talk to you all about Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Essentially, the purpose of it is for us to come together um, as a as a as a human nature, right? As a as support for one another, um, and to practice solidarity and support survivors, right? Because that's what uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month is about: is to support the survivor. And I will even further say that you know, if 
I'm a survivor, you know, my family as well, like they're survivors because they're going through this journey with me uh, from the event through the healing process and however long that journey takes, right? So, um, but yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that we understood what Sexual Assault Awareness Month and the importance behind it, right? Um, I highly encourage that you and your friends and your family, you find a local event in the area and go out there and show support and solidarity with our survivors. Because trust me, um, the journey is challenging, right? Today, the survivor's fine, um, but a trigger hits and, you know, we have to kind of essentially go back through that healing and recovering cycle again. And it's nonstop. It is a journey uh, for sure. Um, so having as many supporters as possible, um, it just, it, it helps out a lot of survivors, right? So anyway, um, I appreciate you all for listening in again. These are my opinions and my perspectives and not of the United States army. Uh, although I'm a proud soldier, these are my uh, opinions and perspectives and mine alone. Uh, I appreciate everything for you tuning in and for listening. Um, I will again put all this information in the so in the show notes so that we have it. But this April, April 2022, uh, look for local events in your area to support Sam. Uh, Denim Day, you know, any speaking events, uh, any educational events, you know, a walk a mile, take back the night. All of these events are out there um, for us to show solidarity with our survivors. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you take care, and of course. Anything that you do, please do and lead and love. Take care.